All right. This is Ann Lowe for Savage Family. This is Linton Gracie Johnson. Yeah, yeah, this is Tally Taliwa from Nomadic Massive. This is Son of None from Be More. Hi there, this is Pauline Black of The Selector, and you're listening to Rebel Beat. And you're listening to Rebel Beat. You listen to the Rebel Beat. And you're listening to the Rebel Beat. You're listening to the Rebel Beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is M1, M-A Uno, M-A Della Hente, Comprende Intende, you feel me? I'm one half a dead press to tell it like it is. Everything is political rap duo. Here holding my middle finger up to imperialism worldwide. And you in tune right now to the Rebel Beat 100. Keep it unlocked. Hey, what's up? Welcome to The Rebel Beat, a semi-regular podcast of revolutionary music, class war on the dance floor. My name is Aaron. So glad to have you with us today. We've been gone for a while, so it is very nice to be back. Today, we're going to be focusing on the music of the late, great Mi'kma'ki folk singer Willie Dunn. Willie has a brand new anthology of his music out on Light in the Attic Records it's called Creation Never Sleeps. Creation Never Dies. We're going to be exploring Willie's music through the lens of his own son, Lawrence Dunn, who is one of the producers on the album. Lawrence is going to be telling us all about his late father, his music, his activism, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. We're going to get into it. All right, welcome back here on The Rebel Beat a semi-regular podcast of revolutionary music. My name is Aaron. So glad to have you with us. We've been gone for a while. <laughs> been saying that, you know, every now and then lately because uh, we haven't been able to put out this podcast on so much of a regular basis. So it's really good to be back. Um, for those of you who are new to The Rebel Beat, welcome. For our longtime listeners, as you know, this project uh, it's really something that happens when I can make it happen. It's, you know, I work a full-time job, so it is really hard to like find the time to sit down in front of the mic and actually record episodes. So I put them out when I can. And this spring, I've been really, really inspired by a lot of amazing music that's coming out to start rolling out a bunch of new episodes. So do subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. Um, and if you are subscribed, make sure you stay subscribed wherever you get your podcast because there are a lot of exciting episodes on the way. You're also going to notice that we have some new theme music that's a little bit different from last season. And I'm really thankful to my friend C from the anarchist hip hop duo Test Their Logic, who produced that beat for us. And in case you missed it, Test Their Logic was the guest on the last episode of The Rebel Beat, which we put out in June of 2020. It was a 10-year anniversary on the G20 protests in Toronto in 2010. That was the largest mass arrest in Canadian history, and Test Their Logic were very much at the center of that in many ways. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. You can get that episode and all of our other previous episodes on our website at rebelbeatradio.com. And as always, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please do support us. The show is always going to be free to listen to. We don't have any ads, but it is not free to produce. And so you can go to patreon.com slash rebelbeatradio. Any little bit you can give, even if it's just $1 a month, that really goes a long way. 
And of course, you can find us on all social media platforms, or you can shoot me an email, rebel at ckut.ca. Do love to hear from listeners. And finally, before we get really into things, uh, I did want to mention that the Rebel Beat is a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts. You can find this and many other wonderful comradely shows at channelzeronetwork.com. Do check it out. Support the revolution via RSS feeds and in-depth critical discussions. All right, with all that being said, um, let's talk about Willie Dunn. The first time I heard Willie Dunn's music, it was unfortunately just after this prolific mixed ancestry Scottish Mi'kma'ki folk singer had left this world. It was back in 2014, shortly after the Native North America compilation had been released on Light in the Attic Records. I actually ended up interviewing Kevin Howes, the producer of that project, on episode number 13 of this show. So if you want to go back and have a listen to that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And the first song on that massive 3LP compilation is Willie Dunn's I Pity the Country. And this song just cuts right to the core of living in a settler colonial state and how one experiences that as an Indigenous person. And even though it was released back in 1971, I still get chills, and I'm sure many people get chills listening to this song 50 years later in 2021. I mean, he's singing about a lot of different issues happening at the time, but you can listen to it and you can think about the struggle that happened in Wet'suwet'en with the RCMP invasion, or 1492 Land Back Lane in Six Nations, or the Mi'kma'ki fishing standoff recently in so-called Nova Scotia. I want to just read you some of the lyrics of that song because it is so, so powerful. I pity the country, I pity the state, and the mind of the man who thrives on hate. Smaller the lives of cheats and liars, of bigoted news press, fascist town criers. Deception annoys me, deception destroys me. The Bill of Rights throws me, jails they all know me. Frustrated are churchmen, the saving of soul men, the tinker, the tailor, the colonial governor. Willie sadly passed away in 2013, but his music is still speaking to and inspiring this world. He was a trailblazing musician, filmmaker, playwright, and even took a run for elected office in the 1993 federal election, significant because that was the election that brought Jean Chrétien to power, and Jean Chrétien Before he was prime minister, I mean, many indigenous people took up a fierce battle against him when he tried to bring in the so-called white paper in 1969 to extinguish uh, indigenous land rights. Willie is also often cited as being the director of the first ever music video in Canada with his incredible production of The Ballad of Crowfoot for the National Film Board in 1969. But beyond all that, he was an Indigenous man who lent his music and his voice to dozens of decolonization struggles throughout his life, and was a loving father. Today on the show, we're going to speak with Lawrence Dunn, the son of the late Willie Dunn, and one of the producers of this beautiful new anthology of Willie's work, Creation Never Dies, Creation Never Sleeps, on Light in the Attic Records. So we'll get to that interview with Lawrence Dunn in just a little bit, but first I wanted to play for you some of Willie's music. 
And the song we're going to hear is called Charlie. And it's the story of Charlie or Cheney Wenjack, an Ojibwe indigenous boy who tried to escape a residential school in the 1960s. It's an absolutely harrowing tale because, as you, you might know the end of it, uh, Charlie or Cheney Wenjack, he didn't survive that journey. He ended up freezing to death trying to make his way home. And it's sadly, unfortunately, the story of so many young Indigenous people who got swept up in Canada's genocidal program of residential schools, who courageously tried to escape. Some of them made it, many didn't. You might already be familiar with the story of Cheney Wenjack through the hugely successful album Secret Path by the late tragically hip frontman Gord Downey. But long before Gord Downey put out that album in recent years, so many Indigenous people were sharing that story and singing that story and giving that story the space it needed to mark their own battles against this ongoing genocide and colonization. So let's hear that song and then get into the interview with Lawrence Dunn on Willie Dunn's new album, Creation Never Dies, Creation Never Sleeps. Here's Willie Dunn with Charlie. Walk on, little Charlie, walk on through the snow Moving down the railway line, trying to make it home And he's made it 40 miles, 600 left to go It's a long, old, lonesome journey, shuffling through the snow Lonely as a single star in the skies above His father in a mining camp, his mother in the ground And he's looking for his dad, and he's looking out for love Just a lost little boy by the railroad track, moving homeward bound He's a getting mighty hungry It's been a time since last he's ate And as the night grows colder He wonders of his fate For his legs are racked with pain As he staggers through the night As he sees through his troubled eyes His hands are turning white All right, I'm joined today by Lawrence Dunn, who is the son of the late, great Mi'kma'ki folk singer, Willie Dunn, uh, who just had a posthumous album released on Light in the Attic Records. It's called Creation Never Sleeps, Creation Never Dies. We're going to be getting into talking all about Willie Dunn and his music today. Uh, but first, Lawrence, thank you so much for, for being with us on the Rebel Beat. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate appreciate you uh, diving into Willie's work and uh, profiling it. Definitely. I'm excited to talk about it with you. So first, before we you know get into talking about your father, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I, uh, I work at a, at a multicultural radio station here in Ottawa. Uh, I'm a technical operator. And uh, I also have a I, I have a, a radio show on the local uh, 
university station and uh, I've been, uh, I don't know, just a big fan of uh, indigenous music and, uh, and art and film and uh, stories and uh, yeah. All right, right on. Well, from one radio person to another, it's, it's great to, to talk to radio <laughs> people. Um, For sure. You were uh, the associate producer on on this new album that just came yeah. out, um, and 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 you know before before we kind of like really get into the album, tell us a little bit about your father Willie Dunn and the kind of person he was, both as a father to you and as a musician. Uh, Willie was a really gentle human being. He was a very thoughtful and introspective person. Um, yeah, he was uh, he was very caring, and uh, he uh, he he had a lot of love for his uh, for his mother and his father, and uh, he carried that with him uh, for the rest of his life. Um, I think that's pretty evident in songwriting. Mm. And uh, yeah, he, he, as a father, he was he was great. He uh, he's we we spent a lot of time. Uh, uh, we spent a lot of time in nature. We spent a lot of time uh, fishing and uh, camping and traveling different shows. So yeah, I have a, I have a good memory of my father growing up, and uh, yeah, he was he was uh, he was a kind man, and I miss him very much. So Willie was, of course, a, a, of mixed ancestry. I, th- I believe he was part Scottish and and part Mi'kmaq, and uh, you know mm-hmm. spent a lot of his life here in Montreal, where I am. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, his his legacy and, you know, I, I guess like how his I- indigenous identity and his Mi'kmaq identity kind of played into who he was as a person and again into his music because it's it's very, very evident in, in a lot of the themes of his songwriting. I'd say that uh, Willie, uh, he, uh, he was really, he was uh, he he wanted to honor his heritage, and that's by honoring his heritage, it was both his Mi'kmaq and his uh, Scottish Irish heritage on both sides. Um, <clears throat> I remember growing up, he used to tell me a lot of stories about uh, Mi'kmaq creation stories. Like uh, he, he was really good at telling me stories off the top of his head. He he wouldn't have to write. He wouldn't have to read or read me stories at night. He would just you know put his hands behind his head and just uh, close his eyes and start thinking about thinking about our stories, the, 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 the Mi'kmaq creation stories, and he would be able to just talk about them for hours and hours. So uh, I have a strong, good memory of uh, Willie sharing those, those stories with me growing up. Um, in the same sense, he, uh, he, he paid a lot of respect to his father's heritage. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, a couple songs that kind of really uh, exemplify that are um, the ballad of John McLean and also uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Winjack, which actually Charlie Winjack is, is a very old, old song that, uh, well, Willie wrote the lyrics for Charlie, but the actual melody uh, for Char- for that song comes from an old uh, Scottish song. It's a, a, an, o- an old ballad. They're mm. called the, the Child Ballads. And uh, Oh, wow. I believe it's Child Ballad number one thirteen, which is the the Great Silky of Sewell Scary, which actually is a story about 
it's a, a woman who meets a man and has a child with him. And then she discovers that he's not, he's not a, he's not a man. He's not a human. He's actually a Selkie. And he, uh, and he says, I have to leave and I have to take my son with me. And the son is her, the son is her daughter or her son. I mean, the son is her child. And uh, she, uh, she ends up marrying a gunner who is destined to, to uh, actually spear both of his, her husband and uh, her child. So it's a really tragic story. And it was uh, rewritten a couple times over the years. Uh, the birds have a version of it called uh, A Common Stand at Every Door, which mm -hmm. is about a, a victim of the Hiroshima bombing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's, there's probably a couple other versions of that song with different lyrics out there. I think that Joan Baez has a version um, <clears throat> off the top of my head. I can't remember all the different versions that I've seen. Oh yeah, there's an Angelo Branduardi version in Italian. And I believe there's a French version. Wow. The Italian version is called La Cagna, okay. the dog, right? Yeah. So yeah, like uh, Willie was like really into honoring his Scottish heritage. And uh, he drew parallels from uh, the indigenous stories and, and the Celtic stories mm. through his music. So, I mean, like, but you kind of, it's not obvious. It's the kind of thing where you, you kind of dig into his music and you start you know, seeing the origins of where, where his, where the stories come from, from what he was talking about, and you see these connections. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's one thing that I've uh, really enjoyed doing over since my father passed was, uh, is digging into these little bits of history that he left behind these little clues, and uh, just learning about like the, the parallels that he was uh, drawing connections to. That's really amazing. Um, yeah. Your father was very much a Renaissance man and you know he wore a lot of different hats throughout his years. Yeah. And it's really incredible to, to look through the liner notes of this album and to realize that not only was he a gifted musician and a storyteller, but also a director and you know dabbled in video and film. Yeah, and so, documentarian. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, a big part of his, his work that he's, he's credited for is this 1968 music video, uh, The Battle of Crowfoot, which, of course, uh, is a song that's, that's on this album, a beautiful yeah. long ballad. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so he did a video accompanying that. Many people kind of credit that as being the first ever Canadian music video. And, yeah. and I actually just went back and, and and I watched this video again on the NFB's website last night. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd first seen it years ago. And then I felt that I had to go back to kind of, you know, like, I guess, dig into it again and, and you know, really yeah. like sit with it. What are some of your thoughts when you when you watch that video today and you, and you listen to that song? Comes the spring and it's warm thaw. Around your neck, the eagle claw Upon your head, the buffalo horn Today a great new chief is born So raise them fast towards the sun A heart now beats, a life's begun it's 1821 
Lay a block with souls is born. Why the tears? You've been a brave man for many years. Why the sadness? Why the sorrow? Maybe there'll be a better tomorrow. The first time I saw that video, I, I think I was in grade. I think I was in grade four, and I actually brought uh like a like a film like you remember the old film canisters like they were they came in a can and you mm -hmm. had to like you had to put them on a on a projector yeah that's that's the that's how <laughs> it came like my father gave me a, a version of uh, the ballad of Crowfoot like that and I brought it to school and uh, we ended up uh, watching it with the class this is like I was pretty young and uh yeah so I that was the first time I saw it and I remember how much of an impact like I, I actually have a very clear memory of that day and I remember uh, that was actually the first time I saw the uh, the the impacts of smallpox on the human body, and just mm -hmm. that one image that's in the you see remember that image in, yeah. the, in the video of yeah course. it's really uh, it really strikes you right yeah and uh, I remember that was just one of the things that we were that we were talking about in class that day that Willie did a great job of uh, digging up archival photos and imagery and uh and and profiling the uh the situation facing indigenous people here in north america and canada and uh, and and just encapsulated it into a, like a 10 minute video and that's something that uh before that hadn't really been done very much so uh, he did a really good job of that and uh i'm proud to i'm proud of him for that mm -hmm. So again, the new album, or I should say the newly reissued album is Creation Never Sleeps, Creation Never Dies, which is, uh, came out just at the end of March on Light in the Attic Records. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us uh, how the idea for this reissue came together? Well, actually, uh, when I first met Kevin uh, back, I think it was in uh, 2000, it was, it was, I think it was 2013. It wasn't long after, it might have been 2014. It wasn't long after the the, uh, the Native North America album set came out. And uh, I remember that we uh, we had a conversation about his interest to do uh, an anthology about Willie's music, uh, regarding Willie's music. And this is uh, and this is the result of that. And it's taken several years. So I'm actually very appreciative to Kevin for all of his hard work over the past seven, eight years and including me in the project. I actually used to work in uh, in media and film mm. like 20 years ago. And okay. uh, at, at 2014, I was actually working in construction. And through this whole process and journey, uh, you know, with uh, Kevin and uh, my father and myself, I've actually, I'm actually working in radio now. So as a, as a result of uh, some of these, some of the things that have happened, transpired because of the bringing this album to fruition so mm. I, i'm appreciative you know I, I like to see i don't think my father liked me working in construction very much so i like to see mm. it as my father kind of looking out for me from beyond the grave and uh yeah so i'm very appreciative that uh, creation never sleeps creation never dies finally ended up being brought into the world and uh or you know reissued all of those songs being reissued <clears throat> and uh that 
Willie can find a new audience again mm-hmm. because his music is sorely underappreciated. And uh, it's a really good thing to hear new people becoming aware of it. And uh, I think it's a different time now too. Like the <clears throat> back in the 60s and the 70s, the public wasn't very receptive to Willie and his music. They, they kind of, uh, they didn't like the, the tone. You know, if you, if you go back and you look at some of the, some of the album reviews for Willie's music back in the seventies, I mean, yeah, in the seventies, even the eighties, they're not exactly like they'll, they, they, they recognize his talent and his, uh, and, and the polish of the production but the actual content and subject matter, you can tell that they're not completely on board with mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? And it affects their opinion of the music. And nowadays is a different story. The paradigm has shifted enough so that the public mind is a little bit more receptive to the ideas that Willie's putting out there. So it's bittersweet in the sense that he's not around to, you know, to see people appreciating his work, mm-hmm. but it's but it's also It's a good thing because the world needs to hear his music. Creation haunts the valley. Creation haunts the shore. Creation breathes a breath. And so the winds give rise. Creation never sleeps. Creation never dies. Long canoes and fishing shows. And I mean, so it's it's an epic album. It's it's a double LP, and it comes with these amazing liner notes, which is are essentially. Mm. Um, got them right here it's it's like a a newspaper almost and 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 so you've got a contribution in there that I really like because you talk about how your father was you know involved in in a lot of um, political activism and and you know Mm -hmm. struggles to defend the land and so you know one of those in particular was in the 1970s there was a big battle up in Cree territory in uh, yes. northern Quebec to uh, to defend those lands around James Bay against like Hydro Quebec and all, all the dams that they were putting up, and so right. he, Willie was involved in that. And then what's interesting is that you like in that to, for example, um, the struggle in uh, the Unistoten, the Wet'suwet'en territories in northern right. and you know how the RCMP uh, invaded and you know arrested uh, land defenders. Uh, yes. last year and yeah they put 14 land defenders in prison for for mm-hmm. a week or so or something yeah it was yeah. yeah well i'm just really curious to know like like first of all i mean you know like how are you seeing you know these kinds of struggles today and and maybe like how how are you reflecting on them in in the context of your father's music but but i want to start by asking you know how do you think Willie would have, you know, reacted to seeing something like that, seeing the RCMP going into the Unistoten camp and, and arresting people, given the fact oh, that he, he definitely wouldn't have liked that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, uh, 
he uh, he performed in Oka in uh, in the early '90s in defense of the Oka standoff. I remember uh, I remember him doing that. Uh, Willie was always quick to pick up his guitar and support in any way he could anything that was going on. You know, um, it was important to him to to be to be proactive and uh, and to and to do and to actually get something done. You know, to to get out on to where the action was happening and uh, see it with your own eyes. I think uh, we live in an age of misinformation. There's a lot of uh, cognitive bias. And I think that Willie kind of, he, uh, he was more, he, he was about getting his hands dirty and getting, getting, getting direct action, getting directly involved with the, uh, with, with the people who were standing up for what what they were standing up for, you know, uh, if uh, Willie had been around and healthy during the Unistoden, I have no doubt that he would have gone right over there and done what he could to support them in their in their actions. Um, it makes me think of uh, one of the the tracks on this album that I really love is "Oh Canada." And it's of course yeah. it, it's it's not the national anthem for Canada. It's almost no. <laughs> quite the opposite. It is a song, you know, really drawing attention to the fact that Indigenous people have walked these lands and been stewards of these lands for far, far longer than we've called them yes. Canada. Um, and you know, with a song like that, again, I, I wonder if you can just maybe like reflect on like you know Willie's music and 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 how or how any of us, you know, you or, or I or anyone can, can hear a song like that, Oh Canada, and, and use it to like, think about the current situation that we're in right now with, with ongoing colonialism. Oh Canada. Our home and native land. 100,000 years. We've walked upon your sands With saddened hearts We've seen you robbed and stripped Of everything you prized While they cut down the trees We were shunted aside To the jails and the penitentiaries. Yeah, that song is. It, oh, Canada. It's a, it's a powerful song, and uh, it it kind of uh, yeah, it profiles a, a very strong feeling that a, a lot of Indigenous people have. You know, uh, it's it's a sentiment that uh, that Willie put into his song and and shared with people that he felt was important for people to hear. Um, and to a degree, he definitely felt that way himself. Well, he definitely felt that way himself. That's why he wrote that song. And uh, yeah, he uh, he loved Canada. He loved this land. Uh, whether he was pro-government is another question, you know, entirely. But uh, he wasn't anti-government. He was more, uh, I would say, anti-corruption, mm. right? Um, at yeah. the same time, it's easy for people to conflate, uh, you know, uh, 
being a protester to to being something worse, right? And I think that mm-hmm. has something to do with uh, the reception that a lot of it, that a lot of his music received over the years. You know, uh, when you're talking about people defending the land, you're talking about people standing up against uh, a corporatocracy, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, these people, I mean, these these corporations, they don't exactly, you know, respect uh, the need for for human life ultimately you know and uh, yeah so mm-hmm. these people have to put their lives on the line to kind of stand in the way of of uh, of the raising of the land and uh, and that's something that willie did a couple times in his life and uh, i think uh, i think in this what i was talking about earlier with the direct action uh, mm-hmm. getting directly involved uh, with what's going on out there and uh, having that interaction with the people on the land kind of form and shape your opinion about what's happening. I think that's really important. I think that that's what Willie was really all about and how he felt people should approach these things. Um, This may be a bit of an unfair question, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. If you had to choose one favorite song on the album, (laughs) um what would be or you know one that really mm. sticks with you uh are there any yeah. standouts well to be perfectly honest with you it kind of depends on my like my favorite song of willie's changes depending on what i'm going through at any given time like oh, wow. uh like in the sense that you know sometimes when you know just as an indigenous person, if I'm if I'm strongly feeling the effects of racism, then I might find myself listening to Louis Riel a lot, which is a song that kind of, uh, you know, really embodies the spirit spirit of defiance against racism and uh, oppression and injustice, right? In eighteen hundred eighty-four, half-breed horsemen knocking at the back door. Louis, Louis, you what about the people? The people are hungry. People need food. Down the traders and the buffalo skinners, the sound of back from where they came and bring the good days back again. Right now, send them back and fight right now. And then other times, uh, you know, there's a. Uh, Another song of his that I really enjoy is Hey There Broker, or, or just Broker, as it appears on the anthology, which is a, a song about, you know, just pushing through hard times. Mm. And I really appreciate the imagery that my father used about in that song uh, towards the end uh, with regards to a bridge spanning over a fiery pit. Uh, I think it's definitely worth uh, worth checking out if you haven't heard it before. Build a bridge of tempered steel to span the windy depth of time remove the base the bridge will fall into the fires below hey there broker on my watch won't stay with me I'll just tell you one of my uh, favorites, if I can. I mean, sure. Yeah. I think my favorite 
song of Willie Dunn's and it's been my favorite for a while and I'm so glad it's on this uh this anthology is I pity the country because yeah, it's that's a great song so poetic and it just it cuts so so deep to like again colonialism and racism and what what are some of your uh reflections and things you feel when you listen to that song yeah that song is very special and uh it's a very powerful song uh he he made a point to sing it at uh, at most of the, most concerts when he performed it was one of the songs that uh he he almost always made sure to perform although sometimes and uh, son of the sun is another song that he would perform pretty much regularly mm. uh yeah it's a very special song it's a very powerful song um yeah the tinker the tailor the colonial governor Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a song that's very near and dear to my heart personally, and uh, I think a lot of Indigenous people across Canada, and hopefully eventually, you know, people across the world will will appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think. Yeah. I pity the country. I pity the state and the mind of a man who thrives on hate. Small are the lives of cheats and of liars, of bigoted news press, fascist town cry. Deception annoys me, deception destroys me, the Bill of Rights froze me, in jails they all know me. Frustrated our churchmen. The saving of soul men, the tinker, the tailor, the colonial governor. They pull the pawn me, they're seeking to draw me away from the roundness of the light. So again, we've been speaking with uh, Lawrence Dunn, who's the son of uh, the late Willie Dunn. And- this beautiful, beautiful anthology that uh, that you've worked on, Lawrence, and, and we're talking about that today. Creation never sleeps, creation never dies. Um, of course, you know, sadly, your, your father passed in, in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's been almost a decade now that uh, the world has been without Willie Dunn, but at the same That's time, true. I mean, I like what you said, how in a way he's kind of like able to still speak to this world and to the living That's world right. through his music and through his legacy. <clears throat> and so I guess to, to take us out, you know, what would you say is an important part of your father's message that, that you hope that can be captured and, and transmitted with this album? I think he wanted to see unity in people. He wanted to see people kind of overcoming this, adversity they have for each other. When Willie put together the album, The Vanity Human Wishes, uh, this, is, uh, this was uh, the record that he released in 1984. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, he, the first half of the album, the A side of the album is all, uh, it's all poetry set to music by European uh, or writers, authors of uh, European descent. So, uh, and the second half of the album, the B-side, is all uh, original music that Willie wrote that he put to music. 
So that album in itself is like kind of paying respect to two different heritages. And uh, I think that's something that my father wanted to see. He wanted to see harmony between people, indigenous people and non-indigenous people. I mean, ultimately we're all indigenous from somewhere. Seeing people come together was really important to Willie. And uh, in, in that coming together to, you know, take care of the land that's been taking care of us. Mm. So, yeah, these are things that were the most important to Willie. And uh, I think that, uh, I think that it comes through very clearly in his music. And I hope that more people can come to appreciate that. Very well said. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, and then, like I said, I'm just so thankful for, for this album and the fact that we get to keep on enjoying Willie's music for uh, generations to come. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I get to meet people like yourself, which is a a nice thing. (laughs) Willie's music is still bringing people together. Definitely. Well, again, we've been speaking with uh, Lawrence Dunn, who is the son and associate producer on this new anthology, Creation Never Sleeps, Creation Never Dies by the late Willie Dunn. Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Welcome back here on The Rebel Beat. I hope you did enjoy that interview with Lawrence Dunn. I want to thank Lawrence so much for having been so gracious with his time and joining us to speak about his father, Willie Dunn's music on The Rebel Beat. I want to encourage you all to, again, subscribe to The Rebel Beat wherever you get your podcasts and stay tuned in the coming weeks. We're going to be rolling out some very exciting episodes. The next episode that you're going to hear of The Rebel Beat is a people's history of Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Godspeed, you Black Emperor are a 25-year running anarchist post-rock band from Montreal. They just released a brand new album called Godspeed at State's End on Constellation Records beginning of April of this year. And I had a chance to sit down with a few other friends, music critics, activists, fellow anarchists and rebels to kind of walk us through the last 25 years of Godspeed's music and to trace the intersections between their music, their album releases, and some of the major social movements that have marked our time from the war in Iraq to the Quebec student strike to of course, putting out an album right now at the height of a global pandemic. So I'm really excited about that episode. I do hope you will be back for that. And then also we are gonna be re-releasing a four-part series on anarchism that I helped produce back in 2004 at CKUT Community Radio here in Montreal. As part of a collective of volunteers who are really, really passionate about this project, we would stay up until all hours of the night in tiny little radio studios recording interviews with anarchists from all around the world and putting it together into this four-part, four-hour-long series, broken up, of course, into one-hour chunks on the history and present and future of the anarchist movement. It's been unavailable for a really, really long time. It was at one time on the internet. We had been distributing it all throughout Turtle Island on CDRs. 
And then the site that was hosting it crashed and so it was unavailable for a long time. I recently dusted off some old CD copies from under my bed, redigitized it, and I am so, so thrilled to be bringing that back to you all on this podcast. Before we go, I want to thank all of the folks who support this podcast on Patreon. Sir Seatbelt, Nick, Jean-Philippe, Grill, Donald, Philip, Megan, Sarah, Justine, Lee, Ross, Andy, Frank, and Yannick. And again, if you want to hear your name shouted out at the end of every Rebel Beat episode, please do support us. Any amount gets you a little shout out. Any amount goes a long, long way to help. You can go to patreon.com slash rebelbeatradio. And again, check out our website. Find all of our back episodes at rebelbeatradio.com. Again, my name is Aaron. We'll be back soon, so don't go anywhere. You will never, ever surrender or compromise. We occupied government buildings, we blockaded highways, and we talked about not just marching, but direct action to shut this shit down. Yate, we invite you to join us for Indigenous Action, a podcast where we dig deep into critical issues impacting our communities in the occupied lands known as the so-called United States or what many people recognize as Turtle Island. This is an autonomous, anti-colonial broadcast with unapologetic and claws-out analysis towards total liberation. So take your seat by this fire and may the bridges we burn together light our way. Find us at indigenousaction.org and with the Channel Zero Network.